Well, did you call your mom yet? I called my mom, and the phone was busy. So uh, we'll try again in a bit. Uh, did you call your mom? Anybody call their mom yet? If you, if you can, in fact, call your mom. Did you do that? Did you tell her how much you loved her? Did you tell her how much you appreciate her? And uh, did you tell her that if it weren't for her, for her, you wouldn't be here? Did you tell her that? I'm going to tell you this morning uh, that there is something very special about mums, and I want to share that with you this morning. I'm going to share you what it is, share with you what it is that makes your mum so incredibly special. Uh, I just got this email. I'm going to read it, share it with you first of all, and uh, it's entitled uh, "What My Mother Taught Me." And uh, here's what my mother taught me. My mother taught me about religion, and this is what she said when I spilled grape juice on the carpet. She instructed, you better pray the stain will come out of the carpet. My mom taught me about religion. My mom taught me about logic from her decisive words, because I said so, that's why. She taught me about foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. Good advice. Good foresight. My mother taught me about irony. Keep laughing, and I'll give you something to cry about. My mother taught me about stamina. You'll sit there till those vegetables are finished. She taught me about weather. It looks as if a tornado swept through your room. She taught me about the circle of life. I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. <laughs> I like this one. She taught me about behavior modification. Stop acting like your father. And she taught me about envy. There are millions of less fortunate children in this world who don't have a wonderful mom like you do. And so to all our moms, let me just say this. You're one in a million, and we love you, and we're thankful for you. I want to talk to you about uh, a mother uh, from a very unlikely text for Mother's Day. But it's found in 1 Kings chapter 3. And if you have your Bibles, take them, please, and turn there to 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 to 28. And uh, I just want to tell you a story uh, before we look at the passage of Scripture. Um, Solomon has just been appointed, anointed king over Israel. And God has invited him to ask for whatever he wants. And Solomon could have asked for great wealth. He could have asked for great fame. Uh, He could have asked for great power to conquer all his enemies. There's so many things that he could have asked for as as a king. But the thing that he asks for is for wisdom. And as you know, this greatly pleases the Lord, so much so, in fact, that God, in fact, does make him wealthy and makes, gives him great fame. In fact, under Solomon's kingship, Israel expands its borders to the greatest point that they would ever know. God was extremely satisfied, extremely pleased with Solomon's request for wisdom. Why is that? Because with that wisdom... Solomon would be enabled to properly lead and love and care for the people that God loves so much. We call them the children of Israel, God's chosen ones, God's beloved ones. How many know today that God loves you? 
You know, we, we often talk in terms of God loves the church, God loves Christians, God loves people, God loves the world, whatever. But we, we fail to recognize that God loves individuals. And so here's the thing. Solomon asks for wisdom. Wisdom to care for God's beloved people. And then we see in that chapter, no sooner is he asked for wisdom, and he is given a chance to experience wisdom at work in his life. It's a very powerful story. It's a story of two women who live together, a share house. And the Bible says that they're both prostitutes. Both of them pregnant. One gives birth, and then the other one gives birth three days later. And one night, one of the mothers rolls onto the child, kills the child. And before the other mother wakes up, this woman gets up and trades her baby. Switches the babies. And in the morning, mother wakes up, the other mother wakes up and sees this baby laying at her side and recognizes, well, hold on a minute. This is not my baby. She's got my baby. She goes to the local judge and the judge listens to the story and not convinced, not knowing what to do. Doesn't know which mother to believe because both are passionate. This is my baby. No, it's my baby. No, it's my baby. And... Unable to to get the answer that they need, they go through all the judges in the land, and finally they come before the king himself. And of course, the women tell their story, it's my baby, and no, it's my baby. And so finally, the king says, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. He then gave the order, cut the living child in two, and give half to one and half to the other. Shocking, shocking thing for a judge to say. A shocking thing for a king to say. A king that wants to please God. Cut a baby in half? Isn't that what the pagans do? What's going on here? I'll tell you what's going on. God has answered Solomon's prayer for wisdom. Solomon is wise enough to know a mother when he sees one. And suggesting that he's going to cut a baby in half is just what he needs to do to find out who, in fact, the real mother is. You see, what he's asking for is this. Will the real mother please stand up? Will the real mother please step forward and show yourself? And so he gives this order, cut the baby in half. And in threatening to cut the baby in half, the real mother, in fact, does step forward. Look what it says here. The woman whose son was alive was filled with compassion for her son and said to the king, Please, my lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other mother said, Neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. Now I want you to recognize this morning the great love of a mother, the great compassion of a mother. She would rather lose her child than see her child hurt in any way. She would rather sacrifice her own baby, than see her baby hurt. I'm going to tell you, that's what a real mother is. That's what a, mother, what a real mother is like. She lives not for herself, but she lives for her child. Her child comes first, always. And then look at the next verse. Then the king gave his ruling. Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him, for she is his mother. Look at that. There's no need to give an explanation. We can all figure this out. The real mother 
would not want her child to die. And so look what it says next. It says, when all Israel heard the verdict that the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. I want to say something to you this morning. A mother is a very special class of woman. A woman who is called by God to be a mother has this responsibility to put that child first, to care for that child, to love that child, and to make sure that that child is protected and helped in every way. I want to say this, you know, so many times I've read over that passage of Scripture, and I think it's all about Solomon, all about how wise he is and how great he is, and we fail to recognize God at work loving and caring for these people. You see, but these women were prostitutes. You know what? I want you to know something before I go any further. How many know today that God loves even the prostitute? God loves everyone and will do everything in his power to show himself great and loving toward them. And if you're here today feeling like you're a failure as a mother, that you are, are not a great mother, I'm going to tell you something. You are a mother. You've been called by God to do this job. And you are precious in his sight, and God wants to do everything in his power to help you, even appointing someone like Solomon with great wisdom to help you get the job done. That's the kind of God that we have, and that's how highly God esteems your position as a mother. Now, having said all that, I want to say this. Your job as a mother is, in fact, to fight for your children, to do everything in your power to care for that child. And this woman, and she's not giving up her baby, no how. The baby's only three days old, but she didn't care. It's, that's her precious. She carried that baby for nine months, and she's going to do everything in her power to make sure that that baby is safe. Interesting, isn't it? She didn't even really have that much time to bond with that child, and yet she would do everything in her power to fight for that baby. She, she loved that little one. Now, this, this woman is a perfect example of a mother's heart. Our society, our culture has tried to convince us that we don't really know how to get the job done. We don't really know what's best for our children. We don't really know what's best for our babies. We don't really know what's best for our kids. Interesting, isn't it? The, uh, we see an example of this back in the early part of the last century. Our Canadian officials thought it wise to take little native children away from their moms and put them in boarding schools. How many, how many know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. They took these little children away from their moms, some of them as, as young as five or six years old. Could you imagine parting with your five-year-old, your six-year-old? And these women were forced to, to give up their children. And the... The reasoning was that these children would learn to speak English, learn the English ways, and be given an education. It seemed like a good idea. But here's the problem. It goes completely against the way that God created us. God created children to have a mother, a mother who would love them and care for them. So mothers, I want you to know some today. You are so very, very precious and so very important. And can I tell you this? 
You're not just a baby machine. You're not created just to have babies. You're created to care for and love your children. And can I say that that job never ends? It goes on? Some people think, man, once a kid turns 18, he's out of the house. That's sin. I've done my job. I'm going to Florida. As tempting as that may sound, especially considering the weather the last week or two, your job is to be a mother right to the day that you die. How many know that today? Your job is to fight for the soul of your child to the day that you die. Your job is to fight for the welfare of your child. Your job is to put your child first no matter what. And so even though nobody believed this woman, that she was the real mother, she kept the fight on until justice prevailed. I mean, I think that's absolutely fantastic. That's, that's what a mother is. That's why we celebrate mothers and why we have a Mother's Day, to celebrate, in fact, how wonderful our mothers are. But you all know about the horrific abuses and how these poor people have suffered over all of these decades. And the government tried to, tried to appease them by giving them money it doesn't really solve the problem. And every one of them will say, it doesn't take away the pain. It doesn't take away the horrors, the, the nightmares of what has happened. Mothers, I want to encourage you this morning. Don't let anybody get between you and your child. Don't let any ideas, don't let any person get between you and your child. You love your child and you care for your child and you make sure the, that you fight for the best for your child because that's your responsibility. I remember my grandmother, when I was just a, a young boy. I mean, I'd given my heart to Jesus when I was eight. I remember being at her house. We'd have lunch or supper together or lunch together, whatever the case may be. And in the evening, we would pray together. And you know what she would do? She would pray for her sons, her wayward sons. Her daughters were serving the Lord, but some of her sons were not serving God. And I remember as a child being a part of, of her prayer time where she's crying out to God, fighting for her boys, her beloved boys. And nothing's going to stand between her and her boys. And she prayed. And I believe, I believe that every one of them has come to the Lord and is serving the Lord today or served the Lord before they passed away. And so here's the thing. Will the real mom please stand up and fight for her child? Your job's not over, moms. Your job is not over. In fact, your job, if your kids are a little older, may have just gotten a little bit more complicated. Gloria and I remember when our kids were little, we'd think, man, oh, this, is, this is tough stuff. I can hardly wait till they grow up. And now that they've grown up, we wish they were little again. <laughs> Sorry, Nick and Sarah, <laughs> Jesse. It's tough. It's tough. But that's the job of a parent, to fight for the soul, the heart of your child, and not give up. Now, this, uh, I, I read a very interesting study from Harvard University. Listen to this. This is, this is going to blow your mind. Uh, a new study conducted by Harvard University shows unmistakably that the quality of the bonding between a child and his mother is related to his physical health 40 or 50 years later. Isn't that interesting? The health of a child is affected by the relationship or the bond that he has or she has 
with a mother. Remarkably, 91% of college men who said they had not enjoyed a close relationship with their mother developed coronary artery disease, hypertension, duodenal ulcers, or alcoholism by the midlife years. 91% if they weren't bonded to their mothers. Now, only 45% of the men who recalled maternal warmth or closeness had similar illnesses. The same was true of men and relationships with their fathers. And so I'm saying this to you. It's absolutely essential, mothers and fathers, to fight for this relationship with your children. Don't give up. Embrace them. Love them. Hug them. Tell them that you love them. They're 18, 19, 20 years old. Tell them anyways. Oh, they're going to... Say, oh, Ma, stop it. They'll be embarrassed, whatever, but tell them anyway. And those 18-year-olds and 14-year-olds and 13-year-olds, let your mom and dad do it because it's for the good of your health. (laughs) You'll live longer. You'll be healthier when you get older. 100% of the participants in the studies whose mothers and fathers were cold and distant suffered numerous diagnoses, midlife, uh, midlife diseases. 100% who were not close to their parents, 100% of those people surveyed had physical ailments when they got older. And so here's the thing. You and I have this responsibility to fight for our children. Don't you just believe that the woman in this story would have had a marvelous relationship with that child and that perhaps that child, his or her, or his life would have been turned around and he would have lived healthy and done great things because of a mother who loved him and fought for him. Now, here's the thing. No one believed this woman that, in fact, she was the mother. No one could tell whether she was really the mom. It's, it was like she was all alone in her fight. Or was she? Was she really alone in her fight? I'm going to tell you this morning, moms, that you're never alone in your fight. There's times when you feel, oh, God, what am I going to do? And how am I going to do this job? And how am I going to be a good mother? And how am I going to care for those kids? Well, I'm going to tell you, you've got the help of God on your side. And that's what this woman had. You say, well, how? God had Solomon in place in whom he imparted his wisdom so that this woman would get the help that she needed. And so I'm going to tell you this morning, You might be going through a hard time as a mother right now. You're not sure what to do with your kid. You're not sure what's the best future for them. You might not be sure if you're you're even doing the job right. But I'm telling you this, call out to God, and God will be there to help you and give you the wisdom that you need in ways that you couldn't begin to imagine. I mean, who would have imagined that Solomon would have said, cut that baby in half? And yet that was... That was exactly what was needed to be said for the truth to come out. And I'm going to tell you, God will do exactly that for you in in the most amazing ways. He will provide for you the wisdom. He'll provide you the guidance. He'll provide you the strength in ways that you cannot even imagine. But mothers, please cry out to God. Don't try to do this alone. You can't do it alone. You need God's help. Learn what it means to say, God, help. And you get up in the morning before you put your feet on the, on the ground. Say, God, help me today to be the mother that my kids need me to be. Did you hear that? Help me to be the mother that my kids need me to be. Not the mother that you want to be, but the mother that your kids need you to be. And so here's this woman. Helped by God. 
through King Solomon the Wise. This mother learned to fight for her child. She learned to depend on God for her child. But she also demonstrated that she, in fact, had the heart of a mother in the sacrifice that she was really willing to make. She was willing to give up her child for the sake of sparing that child's life. Do you know that is really what a mother is? A mother is all about sacrifice. A mother is all about giving. A mother is all about putting, listen, all about putting the child first. Did anybody, anybody remember October 2009? A woman had... She had, I think she had eight children, decided that she and her husband wanted one more. And so she adopted a little child and uh, had the child for about 18 months. And after 18 months, she decided that she didn't want the child anymore because the child and her were not bonding. Now, what does that mean? Did the child not laugh enough at her jokes? <laughs> Did the child not smile enough at her? Did the child not embrace her or kiss her enough? I mean, we're talking about an 18-month-old. This mother adopted, not because she loved that child, but she adopted for selfish reasons. That's the difference between a mother and an imposter. You see, the other mother is all ready to cut the baby in half. (laughs) Do it. Then none of us will have a baby. That's an imposter mother. The real mother says, no way, I'm making the sacrifice because this is not about me. And mothers, it's not about you. It's about the child that God has entrusted to you. And so you need to wake up every morning and say, God, help me to be the mother that my child needs me to be. Because that's what a real mother is. Back a few weeks ago, beginning of April, how many remember seeing on CNN, on the big news, a mother who had adopted a child from Russia. Did you hear that? See that on the news? And she decided that after having the child for seven years, she didn't want the the thing anymore because the child was far too disruptive to her lifestyle. And it was bothering, listen to this, it was bothering her home life. It was bothering her friends, her family. And so she just didn't want the baby anymore, the child anymore. Seven years old, that child was put on a plane, sent back to Russia. Is that sick or what? Imagine taking your seven-year-old and putting that child on an airplane and saying, See ya. Now, mothers, you might be tempted to do that sometimes. I don't know. But a real mother, a real mother says, I'm going to make this sacrifice. I'm going to live for my child. My child comes first. You know, personal sacrifice is, in fact, a pivotal part of motherhood. It begins by sacrificing, by women sacrificing their own bodies for nine months, being stretched out of, out of proportion, and then carrying that child around for nine months. Our mothers feed us, they nourish us, they protect us with their own bodies, even before we see the light of day. That's the life of a mother. And I got to tell you this, I don't know anyone else who loves me enough to carry me around for nine months. I know Gloria wouldn't do it. (laughs) I don't think she could if she wanted to. Who else would do that but a mother? Because a mother is all about sacrifice. It's It's all about the child. 
A mother sacrifices an end when that child is born. Mother gives up her time, her energy, her sleep. In some cases, she gives up her career, her personal goals to help her children achieve their goals. That's what a mother does. And that's why we celebrate Mother's Day. And so mothers, can I remind you today to keep on making the sacrifices, doing whatever it takes to love and care for your child. And the rest of you, can I remind you to tell your mothers how much you love them and appreciate them and how special they are to you? I want to just tell you, mothers, how important you are. When God chooses to describe what he's like, you know what he uses as an example? He uses a mother. That's how God chooses to describe himself. All the good and wonderful things that a mother does for a child, that's what God will do for you. And so this morning, I'm going to ask you to make sure you tell your mother today how much you love her. Make sure you give her a hug. Make sure you tell her how precious she is. We just want to offer a special blessing to our mothers. And so if we could just see that video clip, and then we'll close. <laughs> 